Hey, Disney fans, looking for the latest in Disney news? And interviews with some of Disney's biggest stars? Well, have we got the podcast for you. Welcome to D23 Inside Disney. I'm Jeffrey from D23. I'm Sherry from Oh My Disney. And I'm Tony from Good Morning America. And together, we're taking you Inside Disney. Hello, everyone. Hello, friends. Hey, howdy, hey. Uh, what have you guys been up to? Any Disney fun this past week? Well, Turning Red, Turning Red is out. Yes. 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 So I gave it a rewatch. I mean, obviously I've already watched it more than once. Such an incredible film. I think the funniest Pixar film to date. Aww. I also watched Embrace the Panda, the behind the scenes documentary oh, on yeah. Disney+. Plus. Uh-huh. That's amazing. Every filmmaker has like such a compelling story to tell about how they personally added their own life elements and even their own physical features to some of the characters. It's really, really good. Oh Ooh, my gosh, I'm so happy. I need to see that. <laughs> Love that. It's great. That. What about you guys? Well, I have to call out to Turning Red and we had Sandra O on GMA last week. So that was a big treat for me as Ooh. well. So nice. what about you, Jeffrey? Mainly, I have been just plowing my way through episodes of Dollface, which I think I told you I love. It's uh-huh. got like a million Disney folk in it. It's so good with the fabulous Kat Denning. So yeah, I'm now in the middle of season two of that. If anyone is watching that and loving it, feel free to hit me up on the Twitter or the IG because I'm a big fan, big fan. Love it. Um, but we got a lot of news to get to. And after the news, we've got Topher Grace. Now, some of you may be like Topher Grace. What, like, you know, <laughs> of course, Home Economics is a fabulous show, but maybe did not realize he put some of our Disney geekdom to shame. Oh he... my gosh. So great. So true. I feel like he was putting your specifically Jeffrey's knowledge of Disney to the test. And you obviously you knew everything he was talking about, but there are some niche things that we got into. Oof. I mean, Sid Kawanga, people, Sid Kawanga. But before that, <laughs> Tony, take it away. Oh my gosh, you guys. Well, to quote a certain momager, never go against the family. (laughs) They're back, y'all. The new full trailer for the Kardashians on Hulu just dropped this week. It is a full two minutes of absolute drama, pure bliss, and it seems like nothing is off the table. Kim and Kanye, Kim and Pete, Courtney and Travis, it's all there, you guys. On Hulu's YouTube page, you can watch the full trailer and save the date. It premieres April 14th only on Hulu. So excited. Wow. Well, coming May 25th, we can go from the Kardashians to a galaxy far, far away because the trailer for Obi-Wan Kenobi has dropped. I mean, people have been champing at the bit for that, including me. (laughs) We get to see Ewan McGregor back as Kenobi. I had to watch the trailer a few times. It's intense and very good. And I love that Jill Eikerton's there playing uh, Uncle Owen. A lot of great stuff coming. Cannot wait to see. Hopefully we'll get a few more sneak peeks before May 25th on Disney Plus. And just in over here, the next wave of presenters for this year's Oscars have been announced on our last episode yes. of Pod. Super exciting. I keep expecting you to be one of them, Tony. Come on! <laughs> like, and last but yes. not least, as we mentioned on our last episode of the pod, names will just keep on coming this month. The lineup will now include <clears throat> Sean Mendez. Ever heard of him? Ooh. Yep. Okay. For real. Uh, Daniel Kalua, 
Mila Kunis, Lupita Nyong'o, Naomi Scott, Wesley Snipes, John Travolta, and Tracy Ellis Ross. Oh my gosh, just a uh, few familiar names. You can see all of them, I would say including me, but I'm not yet announced, LOL. Oscars <laughs> Sunday, March 23rd. Any minute now. Any Tony, minute. Any minute. <laughs> Stay tuned. The news will debut here. Oh my gosh. Live on ABC Network, 8 p.m., Oscars Sunday, March 27th. And, you know, also on ABC, more fun news coming from ABC Network. A new slate of unscripted series has been announced. Always a great time. And what we're most excited about, you guys, is Holy Moly featuring the Muppets. Sherry, I'm yes. looking at you. Oh my gosh, I, I'm so excited about this for multiple reasons. I'm waving my arms around like Kermit. <laughs> Yay, style. Yay. Yes, and friend of the pod, Joe Tessitore. He was on the pod a long time ago. So go back, listen to that episode. We talk about Holy Moly. We talk about him narrating, like sports broadcast narrating our lives. <laughs> so go back, take a listen. I loved talking to him. Love it. Well, I've got some fresh news blooming at Epcot. A new Encanto-inspired garden has just sprouted up at the Epcot International Flower and Garden Festival. Check out the Parks blog for the pictures. It looks so beautiful. It's like this lush, tropical hardine inspired by the family. It's there through May 2nd, wedged right between Morocco and France in World Showcase. Such a good photo op. Check out freshepcot.com for more details. And... Just next door to Epcot, there are some brand new enhancements that are coming soon to Disney's Boardwalk, like the Cake Bake Shop by Gwendolyn Rogers. So this is a brand new restaurant and bakery expected to open next year. They'll have both savory and dessert menus. So you could just stay there all day (laughs) and afternoon tea service. I love that. Yes. And there's more, 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 more coming to the Boardwalk. So check out the Parks blog for all the info. Well, in even more magical Disney Parks news, you know how I feel about a Disney cruise. Oh, no, I don't know. (laughs) I feel a lot, Sherry. I feel a lot. (laughs) And Disney Parks just gave new looks at two of its signature musicals that are going to be performed in the Walt Disney Theater. There's Disney Seize the Adventure, where uh, Captain Minnie Mouse hands over the reins of the ship to Goofy. Oh, my gosh. Goofy learns that uh, it takes a lot of hard work to make your dream come true. (laughs) So it cannot wait to see that. And they revealed some more details about the reimagining of Disney the Little Mermaid. It's this uh, original take. We first heard a bit about it at Destination D23 last November. It is a new way to tell this story. It's immersive. It is cool. It's a band of storytellers. It is all that and a can of thingamabobs. Get ready. (laughs) You can see more about these shows at the Disney Parks blog, and you may be able to read about it more in a couple of months in a new issue of Disney 23. I'm just saying I have no idea, but it could be happening. Wait, what? Anyway, Moving on, our friends at Freeform just renewed Grownish for its fifth season. Woohoo! I love that fabulous Yara Shahidi. She is amazing. Great. And joining her for the fifth season is Blackish Star and her TV brother, Marcus Scribner. So very cool. He's going to be coming to Grownish as Flackish ends its run. So very glad that Marcus is continuing his role as Andre. Amazing. Well, guys, it wouldn't be a news segment without multiple mentions of Encanto. So here we go. (laughs) Bringing it up again. (laughs) Oh, Jeffrey, you're already ready for this piece. Disney Plus is going to be releasing sing-along versions of fan favorite musicals, starting with Encanto. 
and it's happening this Friday already. <gasps> so you can follow along with on-screen lyrics as if anyone needs them at this point. I know. <laughs> I, 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 I'm very excited about it, but I mean. Me too. This is, this is a crazy stat that I just learned. Encanto streamers have watched the film five times on average. In total, wow. Encanto has accumulated more than 180 million rewatches globally since launch. That is a I mean, large I number. I totally believe that. Oh. <laughs> That's a, yeah. It is a lot. That's a lot. Yep. It's a lot. So check out a special look of the sing-along on Walt Disney Animation Studios YouTube. And there'll be more sing-alongs coming later this year. Like, I don't know, maybe you've heard of it, Frozen. Maybe you've what? heard of this one, Frozen 2. What? This one, Beauty and the Beast, both animated and live action. <gasps> what? Love a combo. I know. Oh my gosh. Love a combo. And in more Disney Plus news, Polar Bear is going to premiere Aww. on Disney Plus on Earth Day, which is April 22nd. Mark your cows. We just got a new trailer and poster for this Disney nature feature film. It's about a new mother whose memories of her own youth prepare her to navigate motherhood in the increasingly challenging world that polar bears face today. Check the trailer out at Walt Disney Studios YouTube. I love a Disney nature film. Oh, same. Same. <laughs> Same. So good. Prepare to cry, I'm sure. Oh, they're so fluffy and cute it's... and vicious when they're hungry. <laughs> also true. Oh, yeah. Also coming to Disney Plus on March 23rd, so a little bit sooner, is Parallels. It's a French series. It's going to actually be the first French production to air on Disney Plus. The trailer is amazing if you have not seen it. Four friends, their lives. Yeah. A whole lot of crazy goes down. They go to what looks like a bunker, the light flickers, and all of them are sent off into different timelines. Like mm -hmm. one comes back as an adult. It's it is so wild. I'm very excited to watch this. It looks fantastic. And it's French, so uh, you can watch it en français if you would like. Bonjour. <laughs> also, come to Disney+. Plus. A lot of Disney+, Plus. I feel like we were lining up all the months. We've got Parallels in March. We have Polar Bear in April. We have Obi-Wan in May. And in June, we go. Marvel Studios, Ms. Marvel. Yay! First uh, trailer yeah. out. Oh my gosh, Kamala Khan! I cannot wait, and I love the the really cool like comic booky effects in the trailer. I, I'm I'm unsure mm -hmm. if that's going to be playing through in the series, but I hope so because it's really really <laughs> cool. Fingers crossed. <laughs> Yes. So, and of course, cannot wait to see uh, the series and then her story. We know she's going to continue in the Marvel Cinematic Universe in the Marvels. So lots to look forward to from Marvel, from Star Wars, from Disney, a whole lot of magic. Ooh. Oh, wait, you, you hear that? You know what that means? Love that sound. Tell me more. Well, it's time for five fantastic things to watch this weekend, presented by our friends at State Farm. For complete details and listings, visit d23.com. And remember, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Jeffrey, what's up first? Well, Jeffrey, up first is Cheaper by the Dozen. And if you did not listen to our interview last week with the amazing Zach Braff, so as soon as you're done with this, go back and listen to that because he is <laughs> so good. You will definitely enjoy watching Cheaper by the Dozen a little bit more after hearing him talk about it. So that film premieres on Friday, March 18th. Woohoo! Also on Friday, something I just mentioned, but don't forget Encanto Sing Along. It's on Disney+. Plus. Check it out. Don't warm up your vocal cords. Get ready to sing. Yay. Woo. Well, for the, those uh, mature audiences, and I, I mean those of a, an age that can watch 
premature content. All 10 episodes of Life and Beth also debut on Friday, March 18th on Hulu. The trailer for this looked amazing. Beth played by Amy Schumer. Of course, Amy Schumer, one of the fabulous hosts of the Oscars. Also on Friday, March 18th, people are, we're just going to be very busy on Friday. I think we just need to block out the whole day (laughs) to watch television. Nothing wrong with that. I agree. Nothing wrong with that. (laughs) We have More Than Robots making its premiere on Disney+. Plus. It just was at South by Southwest. The documentary follows four teams of teenagers from around the world as they prepare for the 2020 first robotics competition. And that's something that Disney's been involved in for many years. So very cool that they actually have a documentary about this to show some of the great work they've been doing. I love it. Well, that is a heavy Friday watch list, you guys. So we'll give you Saturday off, but Sunday, March 20th, tune back in at 10 p.m. on ABC. Enjoy a one-hour special event inspired by some of the most iconic moments of dance on film. What a great way to get ready for the Oscars as well. It's Step Into the Movies with Derek and Julianne Huff. And the star-studded cast has been announced since we first spoke about this special. Some familiar names as well. Kevin Bacon, Ariana DeBose, Rob Marshall, Kenny Ortega, and our pal, John Stamos, will be on the show. Need I say more? Well, on to today's guest, who, for Disney, has appeared in National Geographic's The Hot Zone and The Muppets. He's currently starring as Tom on the hilarious Home Economics, which is now in its second season on ABC, where he plays one of three siblings navigating adulthood and each other. Please welcome to the show, Topher Grace. Hooray! Thank you guys so much for having me. <laughs> well, thank you for being here. It does look like you guys are having a lot of fun on the show. What's the environment on set like? You know, it's funny because as an actor, you're supposed to be able to, you know, act and kind of lie basically and play things that you're not. But I think in a show that goes as many episodes as the show's gone, and I've only been on one other show, you have to, you know, you got to get lucky. You got to, you got to find a great kind of dream team. I was so lucky to find it once. And, and this crew is, you know, kind of reminds me of that it's like, they're just, each one is so talented and all together, we can do something together as a unit. And yeah, it has that family feeling that then kind of spills over very little acting required, you know? (laughs) So who is the practical joker on set? Yeah, it's probably who you'd guess, which is Jimmy Tatro, who uh, like not practical joker is like playing a prank on us, but just when he sees that you're about to break in a scene, which is when you're about to laugh or, you know, ruin the take, he just wants to make you laugh and ruin the take. Like I, I've never worked with someone like him who like doesn't seem to care if the, if the actual take is good, it's going to, that millions of people are going to see. He just wants, you know, you to laugh. And so he'll, keep turning it up until you can't do the scene anymore because you're just laughing so hard. But everyone's got a different funny thing. That uh, Truly, it's a really, really great group. Wow. Well, we actually had Carla on the podcast last year and we Except talked about- her. Yeah, that's the one. Yeah, <laughs> right. You know, so I wouldn't, yeah. But everyone else is just top notch. No, she's like amazing. I mean, I really, I was the first one on it and I was, I'm a producer on it and I have really little to no power, but I was- really excited to be part of reading with all the actors one because it you know it's the quality of the show but two you wind up spending so much time together and I spend the most time with her because she plays my wife and I was familiar with Jimmy's work and Sashir had been on SNL I see Jimmy was American Vandal which I thought was amazing but I didn't know Caitlin I thought she came in and just blew everyone's mind and was so good and then Carla came in it was like 
you know, it's just the dream. You want to have a partner like that mm-hmm. at home and you want to have a partner like that at work. And I got both, you know? <laughs> well, she told us about something called Tracksuit Thursday, wondering if you've partaken in any other unusual traditions at Carla's behest. <laughs> uh, well, I don't think Tracksuit Thursday was started by her, but she really came to play. I don't know if you can, anyone who wants to go to my social media, most of the time I, sadly, when I'm not acting with them, I don't see the cast because I'm running back to do producerial stuff. And it's a bummer because I would love to be hanging out with them all the time. And they started kind of making fun of me that I wasn't participating. I didn't even know there was a tracksuit Thursday and, you know, we're in costume most of the time. And then I also don't own any tracksuits. But the <laughs> last day of season one, I had made a tracksuit that had all the other actors' faces on it. I mean, we got it made, I don't know where, but it, we got it sent in and uh, it was, yeah, I won basically. <laughs> Amazing. That is genius. No tracksuit Thursdays in season two. Has there been a, a onesie Wednesday? No, we don't do that. But speaking of costumes and stuff, and I can't believe you guys didn't lead with this. Yeah. What do you got? What, what are you going to say? I was going to ask about a certain t-shirt you wore. Soon. Yeah, we have the most amazing wardrobe department. So it's like, why focus on what you're wearing to work? Because you just wind up taking it off and putting on your costume. And by the way, I wear exactly in real life what my character, they're like, are you in costume? <laughs> but my guy kind of wears a bunch of message tees or whatever. And they've really, we just have such an amazing wardrobe department. They've done tons of stuff that are like, I have a Settlers of Catan shirt and there's a, there's an episode where I'm talking about loving Thor and they have like a, like a really obscure Thor thing. And we can clear all these things. Cause I think Disney owns about, I think it's a real number, 60% of all entertainment like, and the globe. I mean, it sounds like a good number to me. Probably maybe maybe a low number for what you think, but <laughs> like they got a club 33 t-shirt, which doesn't even exist. Yes. They got it cleared by club 33 and then made it themselves. And I took it because I was like, this is the coolest thing ever and it doesn't even really exist oh watch out jeffrey might steal that from you i mean i'd have to get <laughs> oh, wrangle yeah. that nice invitation to casa del grace right yeah that, which is even more exclusive than club 33 but yeah we actually see that shirt i i went to club 33 once and i basically we at the beginning of the season we sat down because a couple of them worked the first season so well that i thought like we should sit down and have a meeting about all the different t-shirts that he could have and a lot of the ideas were from the writers but that was one, I guess we made a list of just all the stuff that is cool. And, you know, in the way that Tom would think something's cool, I'm trying to think of other stuff. He constantly has on real independent bookstore shirts that are in San Francisco, which is a very small list of stores, but, and they all are totally psyched and, you know, it's great to support them. And then it just got more and more intricate and we told more and more of the story and it's kind of, it tells you a lot about Tom, you know? Sorry, back it up to you went to Club 33 once. I want to hear about this. <laughs> I guess I knew of someone who, every Club 33 story starts with someone saying they knew someone who knew someone, right? Yeah. Like no one says I belong to Club 33, right? I mean, I imagine someone <laughs> does, but. Someone does, I guess, but I knew someone who knew someone who got us a whole, you know, one of those, uh, gosh, I mean, I know I'm lucky. So anyone who's listening who's saying that's not fair, I agree. I don't think it's fair, <laughs> but um we got to cut all the lines that day. You know, we had like someone giving us a tour and then they showed us not just club 33, which was amazing to have lunch there, but then, and by the way, the food is, is insane. And it really is what people brag about, 
but then we got to go to the room that's inside the park the the hotel room ah the dream suite yes now 21 royal but have you guys been inside oh yeah oh no not me i've just seen pictures (laughs) i actually my dream is to to stay in the one in i think orlando which is Mm. this or my friend told me there is in the castle right Mm-hmm. Yep. The Cinderella. Am I saying something that everyone who's listening knows and I just got hip to? <laughs> no, I mean, it's a cool Disney detail. I, it's always worth talking about. It's not like you're saying, oh, did you know there's a hotel called the Contemporary at Disney World or something like that? Wait, wait, wait. Have you, have you stayed there, Jeff? I've never stayed there, no. But I've been in there. I've been in both. They're really cool. I would love That's the so experience. Crazy. I don't know what I have to do because I'm starring in one of those shows, but I would love the experience at some point of... Uh, That'd be the way, you know, to, to stay in that castle. But they said the room in California is actually kind of like a nicer room, right? It's bigger because the one in the castle is up higher where the castle becomes more narrow. The one at Walt Disney at Disneyland was designed to actually originally be an apartment for Walt and his family. So it was created with that kind of space in mind. Wait, so tell me what other secrets I don't know. <laughs> well, <laughs> I know the basketball the- court and the basketball court on the Matterhorn, right? Yeah, the net, there's the net. It's not really a court because it's not big enough there to have a full court, but there's a little, yeah. And then there's Walt's apartment above the fire. We went there on that day and that was like just incredible. I mean, just, and then you're seeing pictures of him in it and it's just like, and that story they tell where they keep the, he put the light on, which is such a great boss story. Do you know what I mean? To let him know that he was like spying on him or, but I think someone told us that the, is it the, what is it? The Blue Lagoon? What's the name of the the Blue Blue Bayou? Bayou? Mm-hmm. That he was going to like make the apartment bigger and it was gonna, like he was going to be able to go out on that deck and stuff. Am I making that up? I've heard that. I don't know that that is true. It backs up on, I think it connects to Club 33. I don't think it connects to the Dream Suite, but it, it is above it. So yeah. But maybe if he kept expanding, it would have all been a thing. And so, I mean, yeah. I love a show of just Topher putting Jeffrey's Disney on to the test. Like, this should be the <laughs> whole episode. If we're geeking out on Disney stuff, which is like, where else should I do it but here? Can I tell you the saddest I ever got watching an entertainment thing, besides like something that's like a drama that's supposed to make you cry, is watching Walt Disney's plans for Epcot. You know, when he walks you through what the Mm -hmm. town is going to be, it's on YouTube. I mean, they did a great job with Epcot. I went to Epcot in the early 80s. You know, that's the new park that my parents took me to. And it was great. But what his ideas were for what that could be is like a living community that people could, you go, these geniuses, we only have them for such a short time. And, you know, like the iPhone isn't getting any better. You know what I mean? It's not like, you know, since he passed away, <laughs> you know true. what I mean? It's not really changing as much as it used to. And I'm like, I wonder what Marvel's going to be like when Kevin Feige isn't around. Do you know what I mean? Like there's always this one person who's this incredible visionary and like, just this idea of what he was, it was kind of like a self-sustaining community that probably would have changed the world. And then you can't do it once the guy passes away. It doesn't have the uh, energy behind it, you know? Hmm. Yes. Well, we're talking, Am I bringing we're it down talking... too much? I, sorry. No. I, just... <laughs> no, I like it. It's we'll a good, find a way to bring point. it back up. It's Disney. It's more that I, I so respect what he was doing. I mean, to me, the just that a guy sat around and thought of the idea of Disneyland is like crazy. And then what it takes to make something like that probably just what it takes to make snow white yeah i have a huge i read his uh do i have it here look at this i read this oh yeah for those who can't see topher just turned around and grabbed a disney book within arm's reach this is not sanctioned by the disney corporation (laughs) but it is sanctioned by the disney family i think it's like a doorstop 
but it's Walt yeah. Disney's Triumph of the American Imagination. I just like, I can't believe that he made, you know, like one film that good, but that he then sat around and was like, wait, what about if people could go into the films? I just, I, I love it. I love it. Mm. We were talking about some of the stuff that was created by Imagineers. And I read that one of your childhood dreams was to be an Imagineer. Was that accurate? And well, I mean, and... is it adding? I mean, certainly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we went in the early '80s, and it was great. I mean, what kid doesn't love going to Disney World? And then I went back in seventh grade. I think everyone has a tough year in seventh grade, but I was having a tough year, and it, I was kind of maybe in like a. I liked acting, and like a lot of my friends thought that was lame, and I just really felt like an ugly duckling where I was living. We were going to my grandparents who lived in like Clearwater, and they said, "Guess what? We're doing the next three days." what every kid wants to hear, you know, I and mean, we're going to Disney World. And we went nuts. And it was right uh, as MGM Studios had opened. There was such a specific time for movies too. It was like the height of like, like foreign sales for movies and VHS. And so like movies were just so celebrated in a way that they probably never will be again, sadly. But we went to, I mean, we went to all the parks, but when I went to MGM Studios, like I just, like I made a secret with myself that I was going to move to Hollywood. I was like, I, I hadn't ever been to Hollywood, but I was like, if there's anything like Hollywood, Hollywood is one one hundredth what this is. I'm going to do it. What was the, um, I mean, this might be my happiest single place on earth, even within the happiest place on earth was the, what was the store that sold like posters and. Oh, well, that was Sid Coenga's. Yeah. yeah, Sid Coenga. Oh my God, dude. You <laughs> wow. really know your stuff, man. All it right. really does. I'm giving you the gold <laughs> ring, dude. That is like. Wow. And I didn't, guys, I'm watching him. I didn't see him like type on his computer. <laughs> that is your, wow. That is really great, man. But I, you know, the internet didn't exist at that time. So like, which is, which, by the way, probably what took down uh, the film industry. But like at that time like that was a, i'd never seen a movie poster i didn't know how to buy one of them i just so fell so in love I mean, i was falling in love with movies anyway in my hometown but then to have a week like that there or a couple of days it was amazing I, I now kind of realized that they weren't making as many films in that studio it was a little bit of a i think they did make a movie or two so they could say they did but it was kind of like a representation of a studio and it was also a representation of what living in hollywood is like and i'll tell you it is not as much fun living in Hollywood and working in Hollywood but it was like close encounters of third kind where you know everyone who sees one of those ships has like a message where they have to go to Devil's Tower like that's kind of what it felt like going to MGM Studios is like okay this is what I got to do with my life and so yeah I guess I thought for a while maybe even being an Imagineer was the because I mean I like I love Star Wars but then to like go in a ship and fly around in the stars I mean which was just opening at that time that thing was just unbelievable. I'll tell you, my parents knew that I was going to be an actor because in the line for Star Tours, C-3PO, you know, some like animatronic C-3PO was talking like, you're going to Endor. And I'd be like, yes, 3PO. And I'd start talking back. My parents said, oh my God, this kid is such an actor. Like, like just relax. We're just in the line, dude. Like, you know, we're not even on the ride. It's never just a line when you're at a Disney park. We get that. Speaking of Disney MGM Studios, now Disney's Hollywood Studios, of course, the park is home to the Muppets and you did an episode of the Muppets. What was it like working with them? I did a, the pilot presentation of the Muppet, which is so it's not actually one of the episodes. My friend, uh, Bob Cashel, who wrote on Third Rock from the Sun, which is kind of the oh. sister show of that 70s show, called me and said, we're doing a new kind of version of the Muppet show. Would you come over? And I think Elizabeth Banks, who I know too, was in this presentation. 
And I said, are you kidding? Like, absolutely. And I got to make out with Miss Piggy. <laughs> She's wow. in this pilot presentation. I mean, it might be a little more stepped up than the show. I never really saw the show, but uh, she has broken up with Kermit and now she and I are dating. And then she leans me over and kisses me at one point. I thought, this is, you know, in terms of stories you can tell your grandkids, like that's pretty great, you know? Wow. Tom Hiddleston is going to be so jealous. He really had a thing. We talked to him and he, yeah, we did. To, he missed Piggy go way back. It's, <laughs> well, I'll tell you, he, uh, it, it was more felty than I thought it was going to be, but she was also, she had a very gentle touch. You know? <laughs> <laughs> wow. An incredible quote. All right. Shifting gears to Pixar. We loved your Toy Story Forever video. Can you tell us how that came to be? Yes. Thank you. If I'm already not coming off nerdy enough in this interview, then <laughs> this will knock it in the hole. Literally, Sid Kawenga here. Like, come on. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. yeah. You see. <laughs> right. Well, good. Okay. We're, we're at the very least tied. So uh, this is a long kind of process for me, but I had acted for about 10 years and then produced a movie. And I gave really bad notes when that movie was being edited because, you know, actors don't really know what happens in editing. You kind of think like, well, that's what we shot. Like what's taking so long. And I really got schooled in this process and was embarrassed at the notes I gave. So I bought an avid editing machine on eBay and had a kind of like a tutor come by and I learned how to cut over many years. It's a hard thing to do. And I'm still just an amateur, but at least I don't embarrass myself now on home economics when I give notes, you know, it's not like as embarrassing as that time. And one of the things I did was I, I cut down a film called Atonement. I had like a interesting opinion on that Joe Wright film, Atonement. It had flashbacks and I put them in different orders and my friends liked it, but it was only 24 minutes long because <laughs> I'd cut so much down. So I said, okay, I'm going to take a full like trilogy. So I took that new Star Wars trilogy that had Natalie Portman in it. And I, it kind of had enough material to make one like 80, 90 minute movie. And that's how I learned to do it. And I showed it to some people and they kind of went, nuts for it it was a time before disney owned star wars and so people thought maybe there'd be no more star wars it was like a new star wars movie and we had a screening in hollywood it was very private but there were a couple bloggers in it and it kind of went nuts because we couldn't really release it so we cut a trailer for it that you can see now it's called star wars always me and my buddy cut it on a weekend where our wives were out of town and i got a call from disney marketing and i was like uh-oh, like here comes the cease and desist letter, whatever. It turns out they wanted to hire us to cut this trailer for Toy Story 4. And so we went and wow. saw Toy Story 4 like months before it came out. It wasn't even finished being animated. And, you know, the Star Wars one, I guess we put up and it was like, I just never seen something happen that fast. There's such a rabid fan base. But then when this was put up and it was with Disney and Pixar, I mean, we had like just millions of people watching it in like five minutes. It was crazy. And, and, and a, by the way, a franchise that I love and a company that, you know, I really respect. Mm. Have you got a chance to visit Toy Story Land at Walt Disney World yet? You know, I've been lucky enough to go to Pixar, which is amazing. Ah, oh. oh, the best. But I haven't been to the, I, my kids are so young. I'm planning when I'm going to take them, but I, I don't want to take them too early either. You know, we tried to this season have an episode of Home Economics where we went to the the new Star Wars hotel, which would have been just a blast for me. Mm. Sorry, the cruise or whatever it is, the cruise line. Oh, look at you, you got, you got the right language, yeah, the cruise. That's great, we had, a, we had a meeting with Imagineers 
you know, like a Zoom meeting where we got to hear about everything early, which is very cool, but it just kind of like, it was tough for us to move the whole show there, but maybe, maybe next season. Well, speaking of Star Wars, have you been to Galaxy's Edge at Disneyland or Disney World? I have at Disneyland. Yeah, (laughs) it's great. I mean, I just, you know, it's at that point where you start to go, oh, I wish I'd seen this when I was a kid. Like, this is so effective to me now, but I really Mm -hmm. wish I was. That's when you go, oh, I'll just wait a couple of years and bring my kids and see it through their eyes. Cause it, I, I cannot imagine how, I mean, I liked just Star Tours. That was enough. You know, that like kind of mini uh, Walker thing. And I'm, <laughs> you, you know, I, I am a big Star Wars fan, but I don't really know a lot of the lingo and stuff, but like those like red, the, they had the redwood trees, kind of like half mm-hmm. redwood trees. And like, that was enough for me, but I can't imagine what a whole land would have been. Oh. It really is out of this world. Yeah. Rise of the Resistance is woo, okay. Off the yeah. giant. Uh, I haven't been there. When I went there, that wasn't open. So I'm really excited to go on that. Ooh. Well, you got to come back and tell us what you think after you go on. <laughs> I've heard from everyone that it's just a, amazing. But I, I was down with the park beforehand. And like, I like the food like a lot. Mm-hmm. And it like looked weird, but I thought it was good. But a friend of mine who who just was on the Galactic Star Cruiser, my friend Carly, she does not like to eat food that is blue, and <laughs> they have blue shrimp on it. The shrimp are blue, I'm sure. They're and blue milk, like, I'm sure. Right. Well, yes, she is not a blue milk person either. But she said the blue shrimp are one of the best things she'd ever eaten. So there you oh, go. Lovely. Blue shrimp. I got two kids under four, so tell me. I've heard good things, right? Is everyone loving it? Everyone I know who has been on, Zach, who's on the D23 team, went and just had, he was blown away. He ended up writing a story, like a 6,000 word story about how cool it was. So, <laughs> which is very long for a website story, but feel free to go to d23.com and read it. Everyone I know said the food was great. The immersion, because the the cast members are just so incredible that, you know, it's that real immersive theater kind of feeling. And I say that in the best possible way. I can't believe it hasn't been done before. I actually, like, I guess maybe franchises have only gotten that big. You know, this is the natural amount of time it would take from, I, I guess, Star Wars. I mean, before Star Wars, it would have been like maybe a Jaws land, but there wasn't enough to kind of, you know, or like the Godfather. <laughs> like, but there weren't really like huge franchises before that. But I guess the amount of time this takes for those kids to grow up and have money they'll spend on that kind of thing. But I just can't believe it hasn't been done before. It's, uh, I was watching Westworld going like, they should do this. Uh, that didn't end so well for the people in that show. Well, <laughs> I mean, I can't wait to see what happens with uh, the Galactic Cruiser. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right, we end every interview with this question. It has been, this has been so, so fun. I love that you love Disney as much as we do. So this might be a hard question for you. What is your favorite Disney memory? Oh man, well, it would definitely be, let me back up and say, I hope it's with my kids and you know what I mean? I hope it's in the future, but uh, in terms of the past, it would definitely be from that time. Actually, you know what? Can I give you another bittersweet story? I'm sorry, may not be what people come to your podcast for, but it was like a really valuable lesson that I carry with me. It's, it is about my favorite time, which is when I went for those three or four days, we seen the Grand Floridian, everything about it was perfect and amazing. And then the next year we went back when I was in eighth grade to my grandparents. We were not going to Disney World, by the way. <laughs> like that was not, we were just going to visit my grandparents. And I begged 
so hard. I begged my parents so much. And I'm not someone, I wasn't a kid who was into material. Like I didn't have to have the Reebok pumps or whatever was the big deal at the time. Like, thank you to the listeners who got that joke, <laughs> but like they're my age or older. But I begged them so much to go that I think they thought they had to do it. And so we kind of took like, you know, we didn't bring my grandparents, which is the reason we were there. We took like a, a day and a half to go back real quick. And, you know, they're like, well, let's do it real fast. And I tried to like do it again. You know what I mean? Like have that experience again. And I realized you kind of can't. There's uh, a thing about life where you just have to really enjoy something uh, while it's happening the first time. And you'll always kind of be chasing that dragon. I don't know. So I don't know. That sounds like a negative thing, but it actually has really led to a lot of good things in my life where I kind of just say, this is an amazing thing that's happening right now. And we don't have to capture it again. I just want to like feel the magic when it's happening. That makes sense. Mm -hmm. That's yeah. another great quote. Although I am partial to the Miss Piggy felt quote as best quote <laughs> of, tell you of this interview. <laughs> it was great when we were on set, but the problem with Piggy is the calls and she's, you know, she's had yeah. a couple, if you know what I mean? And she's, you know, <laughs> like late at night and you're going, and now she's like kind of back with Kermit, but like she's calling you and it puts you in an awkward she's position. She's complicated. She's a complicated woman. And so if she happens to be listening to this. I, you know, love you as a friend, Piggy, but it's, it's done, you know? So let's just kind of, Let's go our separate ways and be, you know, adults about it. Wow. Well, you heard it here first, listeners and Miss Piggy. Thank you, Topher, so much for this interview. This was no, like thank you guys. my I, favorite I'm, Obviously, I love it so much. <laughs> I'm jealous of your guys' job. Uh, you oh. can come back anytime. Thanks. All right, cool. Thanks so much, Topher. <laughs> Bye. Wow. I was serious. We really do need to have like a special one-off episode where it's just Jeffrey and Topher oh, going gosh. head to head with their <laughs> Disney so trivia. <laughs> all the all the Disney wisdom that you have. <laughs> oh, let's see if we can do the episode at Club 33 since you know tie it all together. Yeah, and you'll need you'll need me and Tony there for moral support, of course. Of course. <laughs> I absolutely that is a must do. You don't mind sitting in back like with the in the kitchen. That's fine, right? No, no, not at all. Yeah. All right, great. <laughs> Thank you again for listening to D23 Inside Disney. Don't forget to like and share this episode wherever you listen or subscribe. And if you want to chat with us, just hashtag D23 Inside Disney. And for all the latest Disney info, check out D23.com. We'll be back next week with more Disney news and a fantastic guest on an all new episode of D23 Inside, Inside Disney. Disney.